Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Looking ahead at the weather in Riverside today, you can expect a high temperature of 86.7 degrees and a drop to a cooler 68.0 as we head into the evening. Now let's turn our attention to the headlines we'll be examining in this episode. First up, we'll delve into President Biden's latest move to limit U.S. investments in Chinese tech industries, citing national security concerns. Following this, we'll bring you an unexpected twist on wildfire management in California, where goats, you heard that right, goats are stepping up to battle devastating fires. Be sure to stay tuned for these stories and more here on Alex's News. Our top story today centers around President Joe Biden's recent actions. He has enacted an executive order limiting high-tech U.S.-based investments in China for the sake of national security. To delve further into the details, we bring in our expert reporter on the issue, Elias. Thanks, Connie. The order, signed by President Biden, is a well-considered response to growing national security concerns rather than purely economic interests, Key technology spheres such as advanced computer chips, microelectronics, quantum information technologies, and artificial intelligence are covered under the executive order. And Elias, as I understand it, the focus here is really about trying to prevent China from leveraging American investments to bolster its military capabilities. Isn't that correct? Exactly, Connie. That is a key facet of this order. However, it also aims to maintain trade relations with China, the Chinese Ministry of Commerce has expressed serious concerns, highlighting their potential for response. Could you shed some light on the potential reaction we can expect from China? Well, Connie, any direct response from China remains to be seen, but they have expressed dissatisfaction over this executive order. They have also suggested they reserve the right to respond to the U.S. action. What the response might be is up for speculation, but this certainly seems to signify an intensifying of the economic and technological competition between the U.S. and China. Now, Elias, have there been any reactions domestically regarding the executive order? Yes, Conine. While the Biden administration has engaged in consultations with allies and industry figures, the Associated Press reported that there are factions advocating for stronger action against China, the order also allows the U.S. Treasury Secretary to block or regulate investments in Chinese entities involved in this high-tech sector. Senator Chuck Schumer praised this move, but there are also concerns that the restrictions could negatively impact both Chinese and American businesses and investors, as reported by Al Jazeera. How might this executive order affect the overall U.S.-China relationship? Well, on one hand, it represents a new level of restrictions due to concerns about Chinese military capabilities. On the other hand, the U.S. insists it doesn't want to decouple from China entirely, i.e., it's not looking to break all trade and investment ties. However, some fear this could lead to a chilling effect because of its requirements for disclosing certain business dealings with China. As it stands, when does the administration expect this order to start having an effect? The order is scheduled to go into effect next year. I should emphasize, Connie, 
that this action is part of the Biden administration's efforts to prevent U.S. support to China's military modernization plans, as reported by NBC News. And before we wrap this up, Elias, could you tell our viewers about any possible broader implications of this order? This order comes at a time when China's economic growth is slowing, and it's actively seeking foreign technology and capital to boost its high-tech industries, depending on how China chooses to respond, this could have far-reaching effects, with the potential for both political and economic backlash. That was a thorough analysis, Elias. Thanks for your insight on this issue. We'll be keeping a close eye on how this situation develops. Stay tuned after the break where we tackle our next story. It's a must-watch segment. For our second story of the day, we're heading across the country to California, where wildfires have become a heartbreakingly common and devastating reality. But in the fight against these fires, an unusual group is making waves, or rather, nibbling them down. Isn't that right, Grace? Indeed, Connie. In this fascinating case, it's goats who are stepping up to the fire prevention plate, according to an article from WFAE 90.7 Charlotte's NPR news source. These skilled four-legged graze machines have been employed by the fire department in Glendale, California, through a company called Fire Grazers Inc. That certainly does warrant a moment's pause. So, how exactly are these goats contributing to wildfire prevention? Great question, Connie. The goats are brought in to graze on dried-out brush and vegetation. This vegetation, particularly invasive plants like star thistle and black mustard, is notorious for fueling wildfires. The goats consume these, in addition to dead grasses, scrubby bushes, and even cactus. The owner of fire grazers, Michael Choi, has been quoted as being amazed by their ability to eat even the prickliest plants. It sounds like these goats are providing valuable support in very challenging conditions. Very much so, Connie. They're not deterred by the terrain of the Verdugo Mountains, and in fact, the heavy rains have only increased the demand for their services. A number of cities in California have contracted the goat herds to clear brush and hence reduce fire risks. Goats might seem a unique choice, but from what I understand, there's a history here, isn't there? You're right again, Connie. Using goats in what's known as targeted grazing is not new. It's a practice that dates back centuries and is now a key part of California's strategy against wildfires. The state's Department of Forestry and Fire Protection has even given grants for pilot programs to further test goats' effectiveness in preventing wildfires. However, as we've often seen, no single solution is usually enough when dealing with significant issues like wildfires. What else is being recommended to supplement the goat grazing? Lynn Hunsinger, a professor of rangeland ecology and management at UC Berkeley, suggests that regular grazing routines are important to prevent the resurgence of invasive and noxious plants. Other measures, including prescribed burning, should ideally work in conjunction with targeted grazing to enhance effectiveness. It seems like the budget might constrain this practice. Is that a factor that is in play here? Absolutely, Connie. While the goat herds are considerably more cost-effective compared to brush crews that use power tools and fuel, funds are still limited. This limits how much land can be grazed each year, leading city officials to apply for additional grants to increase their fire prevention budgets and keep the goats chomping away. It's certainly a dynamic situation, but one that showcases the commitment California is making to find innovative, environmentally friendly strategies to tackle wildfires. Grace, Thank you for that fascinating insight into how goats are helping in this fight. 
My pleasure, Connie. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, 11 Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.